With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Region 1 Sports Report with Brian York on 99.5 The Fan. Presented by the Orthopedic Institute. Welcome in. How we doing? This is your Wednesday, December 22nd edition of the Region 1 Sports Report. I'm Brian York, and as always, the show presented by the fine folks over at the Orthopedic Institute in Paducah. Here we are, three big days away from the big one. That's all you got left. Hopefully your shopping is done. You just got to get the presents wrapped. That's my big, that's the next challenge that I face. But we've got a uh, fun show lined up for you today. Final show of the year. And then our first show of next year will be in a couple of weeks. That's how that works. But final show of the year, I kind of made the game time decision to not do a show on Christmas Eve. I've got to work anyway, but, you know, not going to have as much content as I would like for a Christmas Eve edition of the show. So this will be it for the year. I'll be out of town next week due to um, being down in Florida. Normally in the past, we've taken at least a week or two off at the end of the year for Christmas break uh, with the lack of basically content, being able to see games. So not a lot different this year, but this is the last one of 2021. I am surprisingly in a good mood this morning. I think I think it's sleep deprivation. I think I'm just like really sleep happy and I don't know anything but other than I'm like be goofy and smile and just laugh at everything. I'm very exhausted. We went down to Bradford, Tennessee last night for the Graves County doubleheader and uh, didn't get back. I got back about 11 by the time I showered and kind of got to bed and got ready. It was like midnight and uh, my alarm hit at 4 a.m. and I was up and at it. Oh, not really. I was dragging to get at it but um i think i'm just pretty exhausted this morning as we try to get through the show but it should be a fun one we'll recap some games that we've had lots of games with these holiday games we'll do our uh, scores and give you a kind of a rapid reaction to some of those things and what's going on around the region and then with our last show today we'll have our final power five rankings of the year and again our next power five rankings will be the first ones for next year so that'll be fun and that's what we've got in store today i uh i actually had it pointed out to me by a good friend that this show is about to reach a milestone we are a handful of episodes away from 500 episodes which may or may not be accurate i know and and i actually reached out to uh, my former co-host and asked him and he kind of thought the same we couldn't quite remember but i think about a year ago we had to delete a handful of those shows off the server to make room for more shows. We were running out of room on the on the uh, server that hosts the show, the podcast server on Spreaker, and I think we deleted a pretty good chunk of, of shows. But, however, since that's really the only official way we can keep up with it, it says we're nearing 500. We're going to go with that. So we are, I think, six episodes away from our 500th episode. So I will be working to get a few things lined up and make that show a little extra special, a little more fun. That should be sometime around, check the calendar, January, the way things line up, maybe the 14th. I was hoping it would be the 12th because that's the day after my birthday, but since I'm not doing a show this Friday, it's going to push it to the 14th. So that will be our 500th episode, unofficially, but officially, of the Region 1 Sports Report. That's fun. That's exciting. Nearly 70,000 downloads in that time. 500 episodes. It's been incredible to uh, to see where we're at, what time can do, and how great the uh, the listeners have been. But going to make that special if I can, at least the best that I can. Um, I think I'll, uh, I'll have a guy we all know, a dude we all like, and a man that 
few people have admitted to admiring. Come by and guest co-host that day. Just saying. Just saying. We'll see. But uh, that's coming up as well. All right, let's take a look at some scores from around the region from last night, and then we'll kind of get a uh, rapid reaction on some of these and see if we can get some stats and break a few of them down and what it what it means and where we're at. And here's the thing. I love these holiday tournaments. I love these holiday tournaments. It's a chance for these teams just to go out and play. You know, they're, they're, they're facing, in, in some of these cases, many of these cases, they're facing teams that they know nothing about. They barely know a, a roster, and they're just going out and playing and working on them, and that's what you do this time of the year. You know, this week and next week, wherever these teams are playing, it's all about prepping and getting ready for January. You know, you're still going to play some teams in January that you normally wouldn't. You're still going to play some out of region and a few cases out of state games, a shootout here or there on a weekend uh, in January. I think Graves, I think we're going to the Superman, you know, little things like that. But for the most part, these two weeks are about getting ready for January when you get into the teeth of Region 1 play and you start getting ready and, and start pushing towards that regional championship. So it's a chance to work on you. So I don't know what we'll take out of a few of these games or what they necessarily mean other than they're playing, they're balling, and they're trying to get better. So let's start with the girls' side from last night. Christian Fellowship beat Trigg County 52-43. It's a good win. It's a good win for CFS. Dresden, Tennessee over Carlisle County 72-66. McCracken County avenged a, a loss from the other day. They beat Owensboro Catholic 62-52. I should say bounce back from a loss. I guess if you avenge it, you beat the same team. They did not. So they bounced back from a loss. Uh, Holmes beat Paducah Tillman 62-45. Crittenden County over Callaway County 53-49. And My Lady Eagles, we went down to Bradford, Tennessee. They played well and beat a good Bradford, Tennessee team 60-46. And they were good. They had some length. Guard play was terrific. They were physical. That was a good bounce back game for the Lady Eagles. Over on the boys' side, you've got Caldwell County over Mayfield. They'll return back to the hardwood, 53-43. Mayfield would get a, a win also yesterday. They beat Cloverport, 88-39. Caldwell County over Bethlehem, 86-71. Carlisle County beat St. Mary close, 51-47. Get a little more on that one in a minute. Um, Creighton County over Trinity, 66-59. Murray over Henderson County, 73-39. Christian Fellowship beat Dresden, Tennessee, 66-60. Ballard Memorial beat Livingston Central, 76-67. I've talked about this. I'm not going to go back into it in depth, but for Ballard to take the next step, got to beat the teams. You played close last year and just couldn't get over the hump. So far, that's what they're doing. Good for them. Uh, Graves County, my Eagles went down to Bradford, Tennessee, beat a good Bradford, Tennessee basketball team, 67-42. And Massac County over Callaway County, 65-61. So those are all the scores from last night. And that's just last night, by the way. I didn't go back and dig for Monday. We'll just focus on the most recent. So a little rapid reaction. What does this mean? Let me kind of highlight a few of these games before we take a break and do our Power 5 in a minute. Um, I mentioned CFS. I think it's a good win for Christian Fellowship. Kind of want to look up and see how they things stand with them as we get ready to close out the calendar year but right now cfs sitting with one two three four five six seven wins two losses a loss to carlisle county uh, actually two losses to carlisle county and that's tough you know they lost close both times but cfs i think can be a competitor in the all a and i think carlisle county may be their biggest competition oh and two so far but they've played them close i'm telling you the cfs team is good especially when it comes to being you know, such a small school and where they're at. But a win over Trigg County, always a good win. So far, CFS on the season. Again, just want to give them a little love. How about Gracie Howard? 24 a game. Why not? Because that's what she does. It's incredible. It's incredible what she has done her whole career. Now as a sophomore, scoring 24 a game. Lillian Burnett at 16.8 per game. They don't shoot the three very well, but... When you got Gracie Howard scoring all over the court, really doesn't matter right now. But going to have to get better with their outside shooting. So that's CFS. Let's look at uh, McCracken County. How about the Lady Mustangs? We'll talk about them more with our Power 5 coming up in a little bit. But McCracken County had started the year hot. 
They were ranked 21st in the state, beat the number 12 ranked team in the state, and then lost their first game of the year to DuPont Manual, but that's, you know, that's okay. They're pretty good. Uh, and then turned around and got a win yesterday over a solid Owensboro Catholic team. Right now, McCracken setting at 8-1. They're going to be tough. Here's the key with them. We'll talk about it more in a minute. They lost the other night. Destiny Thomas was not their leading scorer. In fact, she was held pretty well in check for her as she ended up with just 11 points that game. When Destiny gets near 20, you're not beating them. When you hold her near 10, that's how you're going to beat them, at least right now. Because Claire Johnson played well, had 19. Buchanan played well, had 12. But Thomas is the engine. She's the one. And if you can kind of shut her down, they're a lot more vulnerable. Now, that's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Not every team is going to be able to stop Destiny Thomas and beat McCracken County. There may be games where she's held to 10 or 11, and they win by 10 or 11. When it comes to that top-level competition, that's that's a key to stopping them. They shot the ball well in that game, though, and they're shooting the ball well on the season. But they come back, bounce back, get their eighth win already of the season in their first nine games. Pretty good start, wouldn't you say, for McCracken County? And then Graves County, good bounce back for them. They were not good on Monday. Went down to Webster County. Webster County played more physical. Webster County played with more intensity, that being a home game. Webster County played with a little more fight. And Graves County came out one day later, went to Bradford, Tennessee, and put it behind them. And that's what you want to see, especially on a team with so many seniors and uh, with so much potential and so many expectations this year to be a team competing for a regional championship. They got a nice win last night. That was a good Bradford team. That Bradford team was 7-2, and two, one of the best teams in all of West Tennessee. They're going to be uh, making some noise in their, what is that, I guess it's conference, district, region, whatever they call them in Tennessee. It's I'm tired. I haven't slept. But I think it's a good win for the Lady Eagles and good bounce back. That's on the girls' side. On the boys' side, quickly, and we'll take a break. Uh, Mayfield back in action. Good for them. It's proud to see that. You know, they split their day yesterday. Kind of expected. Lost to Codwell County. Okay, that's fine. Codwell's solid. It's a good team. You didn't practice much. I know. I get it. And then got a win over Cloverport. And, uh, you know, it's a team they're supposed to beat. They're winless on the year. But you got to ease back into this thing. And it's a good sign for Mayfield, who's now 2-1 and one on the season. Murray over Henderson County. They won big. We'll talk about them more in a minute. And then um, Massac over Callaway. I'm surprised by that a little bit. Again, I'm still trying to figure you out, Callaway. We'll get to you more later. But uh, still trying to get a feel for Callaway County. Not quite there yet. But a close one, and we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. So those are just some thoughts on some of the scores we've seen from last night. Let's take a break. Power 5. Oh, yeah. It's on the way. It's Region 1 Sports. If you live with pain, you have good days and bad days. You deserve a pain-free life. And the first step is talking with your doctor about pain management with Dr. Ferdinand Salvacion at the Orthopedic Institute of Western Kentucky Pain Center. Dr. Salvacion specializes in pain management and will work with you to get you back to those good days. Talk to your primary care provider about pain management with Dr. Salvacion at the Orthopedic Institute of Western Kentucky. You might forget about your plumbing. After all, what's to remember? How about that toilet that keeps running? It's wasting gallons of water every day. And the worst part, you don't even know it's happening. That's why Ivet's Plumbing Diamond Club is so important, only $14.95 a month. You start with a complete inspection with any needed adjustments, discount on repairs, and if you need help, you go to the front of the line. Ivet's Plumbing Diamond Club. Forget about your plumbing, because they won't. Ivet'sPlumbing.com. Warm up on these chilly winter mornings with Peppermint Mocha McCafe. Now in McDonald's, but for a limited time. While you're there, add a $2.50 bundle of sausage, biscuit, and hash brown to start your day. Who has time to cook this time of year? McDonald's has budget-friendly meals with the $3 bundles. Your choice of McDouble, McChicken, or four-piece nuggets and an order of fries. Don't forget those arts cards. They're the Christmas gift that's always the perfect color and perfect fit. You have a need. Something may be missing in your life, and you just can't quite figure out what it is. 
You need God. You need the love of Christ, a church family who will encourage you. It's Dustin Campbell, the preacher at the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, located at 2855 Broadway. And I'd like to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 930 for worship. We are safely distancing while we worship with one heart and one voice. At Broadway, you will find Bible teaching, loving fellowship, and a group of people all striving after the same prize of heaven. The moon is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight, and that's enough. The party's on, the feeling's here. Rolling along your second segment, the Region 1 Sports Report, as we've got our Power 5 coming up. Trying really hard to get back in the Christmas spirit. This happens to me every year, no matter what's going on. I'm always in the spirit, always kind of starting to feel it and really getting into the season uh, like the first, maybe second week of December. And then the week of Christmas, I'm out of it. And I think because I'm more or less going, eh, it's going to be over in a few days. Well, that's the point of getting all excited and caught up now. It's going to be over. Because, I mean, that's the fun. You know, Christmas, the holiday itself is amazing, what it represents, especially for those of us who are Christian, amazing. The time to be with family, amazing. But the season overall is just my favorite, you know. And uh, just it's not into it the week of Christmas because all I'm thinking about is, and eh, it's going to be over with anyway. And going to Florida this year, the day after Christmas, that's been on my mind more. And, you know, it's a weird thing to kind of get your head around, you know, going south when it's still Christmas time. So I don't know. It's I wish I could. I'm trying. I'm like, I watched a bunch of music videos early this morning trying to pick out songs to play. Uh, to lead us back into our segments here on the show. And I tried, just nothing. Like I'm dead inside <laughs> with it right now. Uh, you know, one thing that used to put me in the, the spirit back in the day, my sweet mom, back in the 80s, when I was a little little fella, well, still a little fella, but when I was a much littler fella, uh, when I was a kid, my mom had taken a VHS tape. I know for some of you high schoolers out there that, as student-athletes that listen to this show, that's that's a foreign object to you, but it was a VHS tape. Put it in the VCR, which was kind of a new thing for, for back then. I mean, this would have been this would have been maybe 86, 87, maybe. And um, she recorded like four Christmas specials for me. And every year, from the time I was two, three years old, every year, during Christmas time, I would put that tape in and watch it. But what made the tape great, and it had, of course it was a re-airing, but it had CBS re-airing of, of the Rudolph special. It had Frosty the Snowman. It had Charlie Brown Christmas. And it had a Mickey's Christmas Carol, which was preceded by three Christmas shorts from Disney that were all really good. I think Goofy goes skiing, Mickey cuts down the Christmas tree in one with the chipmunks are in it. Uh, Donald has a snowball fight with his with his kids, you know, or, or nephews, rather. You know what I'm talking about. But what made the tape great was not the specials. It was the commercials. Those 80s commercials that were mostly all Christmas commercials. Like every one of these, because it was a big deal when these specials came on. Remember back then, didn't have a whole lot of TV watching options. So even though Rudolph was a, a re-air, it was the... the Airing that year of Rudolph on CBS, therefore all, all, all the commercials were Christmas product related. And you had some great ones. You had the, those M&M commercials about the red and green M&Ms where Santa's holding them in his hand. You had, uh, uh, man, I can't even think of the fabric softener, the little teddy bear. You had those commercials. You had the, uh, I think it was Sprite that had the Santa's workshop commercials, but all the little elves looked like little Santas, which was very confusing for a three- and four-year-old. When I was watching those tapes, I'm like, why are there so many little miniature Santas running around? And they were like playing in the snow in the workshop, enjoying a cold beverage in the snow, which doesn't make any sense now. But um, you know, just a bunch of those commercials. And for me, that was the great part of the tape. That put me in the spirit as much as anything as a kid. Those commercials. My wife, years ago, we've still got the tape. I don't, I don't know where it's at. It's somewhere. We've moved three times since we've been married. And uh, I've had it my whole life, and who knows where it's at. It's somewhere, but we've still got the tape. 
and we we still got a VCR put up in the attic too. So I could break it out and watch it, but that's a that's a lot of work between now and Christmas. I'd love to show my kids, and I may have to do that one year. May have to find it just to know I've still got it, and then uh, show that to them. But uh, but my wife bought me like I've got each of those specials on DVD now, and it's just not the same. It's just not, especially when you're watching the VHS and it's you know it's a wore out tape. It's just something about that, the crackling of the VHS. I get it now. A lot of people prefer records. A lot of you know, my grandfather always swore by the records were better than CDs. I thought he was crazy, but I get it. All right. Got to pull that out, though. Go back. Just look up some of those old 80s Christmas commercials. They're great. They're amazing. What happened? Why don't we do that as much anymore? Now we've got all the like, Christmas commercials there about cars that we none of us can afford. People living in houses nobody actually lives in. All right. Power 5 rankings. Let's get to it. Final Power 5 of the year. We'll start with the boys' side. And then we'll have uh, our girls' power five. This one was tough this week. It was. Um, it was tough just because we're getting a little bit more parity, and I think that's awesome. And so then it kind of becomes, how do you weight these things? And again, my criteria has always been, well, at least the last few years, schedule, expectations against that schedule, actual results. So therefore, whatever bias I have, and there's going to be a little bit in this, if I think a team is supposed to be really good and I've got I've had you ranked high and then you lose to a team that either the other teams didn't lose to or you shouldn't have lost to, that's going to punish you. But if your expectations aren't quite as high and you beat a couple of teams that were supposed to be better than you, that's going to you're going to get rewarded for that. So it's not just about straight wins and losses or straight records. It's strength of it's strength of schedule, results versus expectations. That's how we kind of do it. So let's get into it. We'll start with our number one team, McCracken County. Uh, it is look, I get it. Murray's undefeated. We'll talk about them in a minute. But McCracken County has defied expectations out of the gate. I've said this time and time again. They're better than we expected. They've added this sort of half court trap defense to create some offense. Remember, this is a team that a couple of years ago graduated a D1 player in Jackson Civils. And you knew they had a good player coming back in Dumas. He was expected to be player of the year, and he was, and he played well. So you knew they would be okay, but still, you graduated a D1 player. And then they do what they do. They go out and win a regional championship. But then they graduate Dumas. And now you've graduated your top scorer each of the last two seasons. And not only your top scorer, but your playmaker, your point guard, your guy who not only scored the ball for you when you needed it, but got you in your offense and got other guys into the, the scorebook. How do you, from an offensive standpoint, make up for that? Because you're not just going to look at the next guy and go, your turn. It doesn't always work that way. Ian Hart's been great. He's been sort of the next guy up. But you still have to create opportunity. You have to create offense when you graduate a point guard like that. So what they do, they add this little half-court trap to sort of get them some transition baskets. And, and get some points out of the defense, and it's worked. And I think that's why, for my money, you never count out a Berlin Brower team. Ever. Never, ever. Because he's always going to come up with a way to overcome whatever shortcomings they have on offense. And they, I thought they had some this year. I knew Ian Hart could score. Hasn't quite been at that level yet tends to settle for jump shots. But if he can go out and be a guy who's looking to score at different levels, mid-range, inside, outside, if he's a guy who can take you off the bounce, which is which was never his game, it was always a weakness that he had to work on and overcome, then they would be good. But you're asking a lot out of a player going into his senior year. you got to help him. you got to help him be that player. you got to have other guys step up. How do you do that? you got to create offense. You can't just turn to your bench and say, all right, we're just going to replace Noah Dumas. You can't just replace Noah Dumas. So they throw that defense out as a nice little wrinkle. It's giving teams fits. It's creating offensive opportunity. And they're out to a 5-1 and one start with their loss against an Evansville team that is really good. And even in that game, they played well. I think you could argue they were probably expected to lose that game, and they did, so they didn't mess with our expectations but on the season they beat highlands they're really good they beat callaway county 
handily who we thought would be good. And they lost to Evansville. So you could look at this and say, well, they've only played three good opponents. Well, yeah, but so is lots of other teams. They're 2-1 and one in that stretch, and that's sort of about where we expected them. But they're good. Shooting 47%, 48% from the floor, 35% from three. Hart with 15 a game. Brower with 14 a game. McCune with 11. And I still maintain, I think you're going to see that flip. I think McCune's scoring is going to go up. I don't think Brower's is necessarily going to go down, but I think McCune's is going to go up as the season goes on. Blackwell's been good. Purvis has been good. Tilford's been good. Solid basketball team once again, and a threat and a potential favorite to win this region right now. So they're at number one. But who's number two? Right now it's Murray High. Murray High undefeated so far 8-0. You could argue that, I mean, listen, Murray High's got one, two. I'm gonna, they've got three or four good wins. There's a lot of people who are going to go, why aren't they higher? Well, it's because I don't think McCracken's necessarily done anything to drop off that number one spot. Again, this is not just about record. This is not just about wins and losses. Who do we think the best team is? How do we determine who the best team is? Strength of schedule, expectations, results. Murray, in a sense, has defied that. I didn't quite have them being undefeated at this point, not with the, the fact that they played. Uh, let me get it back. I just lost their their schedule. But not with the fact that they've already played Muhlenberg County. That's a really good basketball team. They're not as good as Highlands. That's a good basketball team. It's a close win. Good basketball team. University Heights. That's a really good basketball team. Again, not as good as Highlands, which I'm going to kind of keep comparing to, but that's, that's to me is the difference with McCracken right now and where Murray's at and why I've got McCracken won. Beat Marshall County. Marshall County said they weren't ready to play. Probably weren't. They beat Callaway County. Callaway County's, you know, not defying expectations right now, to say the least. So there's really, you know, Marshall probably has been better than we expected. That's a good win. University Heights, record-wise, has not been as good as I thought they would be after watching them in a scrimmage. Muhlenberg County is a good team. But again, none of those teams are at that Highlands level so far. And they're head-to-head. You know, McCracken beat Callaway more handily than Murray did. That's just that's why I have them there. But right now, it's, it's razor thin. It's McCracken 1A and Murray 1B at this point. So this is not a knock on Murray, and it's not a knock on McCracken. It's They're that good. McCracken's been number one. I didn't necessarily think they did enough in that loss. I thought that was a good loss. I'm not going to punish them for that. And right now, Murray has got good wins, but not quite to the level of like beating a Highlands. They might have had they played them. And we'll see. They got some good opponents coming up next week. But Murray High comes in at number two. Look at their stats in the year. As a team, shooting the ball well, they usually do. 52% from the floor, 35% from three. Grant Whitaker at 18.8 a game. Trey Vogus at about 14 a game. You got English and uh, Gill coming in at nine a game. And Drew May at seven a game. Getting a little more scoring out of some guys than we thought they needed to. You lose your point guard, you lose your sharpshooter. You know, they they had some things they had to work on, and they're getting some scoring out of some guys. So they come in at number two. Number three, y'all are going to get mad at me. You're not going to like me. I've still got Graves County in the top three. I've got my Eagles at number three, and here's why. Hear me out before you get mad, before you get all huffy and puffy. Their first loss of the year was to Christian Academy of Louisville. It was a good game. It was a back-and-forth game. Christian Academy pulled away a little bit in the end, but that wasn't indicative of the game overall. Christian Academy Louisville is one of the best teams anybody in this region is going to face all year in the state of Kentucky. They've got a Ohio State commit. Ohio State, last I checked, pretty good at basketball. And he's one of the best recruits to sign at Ohio State in the last six years. And he played like it against Graves County. You're going to run into that. They beat Gateway Christian. A really good prep school. They beat Callaway County handily. The game with Marshall, even though it ended with 16 seconds, Graves scored with 16 seconds to go. That game has now been been uh, made official. 
Game ended by mutual agreement due to weather, according to the official website. So, that goes down as a win. Their two losses Monday, one was ugly. It was. The Hopkins County Central game, you could argue, yeah, they should have won. Missed a lot of free throws. Lost by three and missed four times as many foul shots. But Hopkins County Central also has a kid averaging 30 a game. And he was near that against Graves County. Again, you're going to run into that. But here's the thing, and here's why I'm going to be lenient on those two losses. And I would be with anybody else. And I'm going to be with Marshall County in a minute. You're going to get that in a minute. They had not practiced all week. All week. They've gone through things in that community that would be distracting to to any one of us. And has been to many of us who weren't directly affected. They came out and almost won that first game. Should have. They did not play well against Owensboro Catholic. Drew Thompson was sick. He didn't even play the second half. A couple other starters got in foul trouble. It just was one of those games. You're going to have them. But then they came out last night against Bradford, Tennessee and played outstanding. Played outstanding. Drew scored 19. I think Mason Grant had 14. Lucas Pig had 13. Bench came off, played good. That is a good Bradford, Tennessee team that would be hovering around our Power 5 in this region if they played in this region. They're good. They're solid. They're physical. They've got a couple of bigs. They've got some shooters. And I thought Graves County played fantastic last night. One of the best games we've seen them play all year. So I'm not going to hold a week off and trying to play two games necessarily against them right now. But now they're back at it. Now we're moving forward. Now we'll judge them a little differently going forward. I will. But I, I just, in my heart of hearts, and everyone else knows it, you've got to admit it, you knew going into the season, they were a team, if not the team to beat. McCracken has defied expectations. Murray's been even maybe a little better than we expected, even though we thought they were in that category. And Graves, at this point, has not done anything necessarily to change that opinion. So they're still in the top three for me. Because if you're asking me honestly who the best teams in the region are, I'm going to put them in that order or some fashion before I even get to these other teams. So they stay at number three. Number four, Marshall County. Here's why. Again, sort of same boat, right? Sort of the same boat. Now, they officially go down as a loss to Graves County, but that was back and forth. Who knows what would have happened in those final 16 seconds. They played terrific, much better than I expected. Well, no, let me take that back. They played about as I expected. Hard nose, physical, tough, emotional. Okay, so that goes down as a loss, but let's put that aside. They go out, they play Murray on Tuesday. They weren't ready to play. That's what they said. That's what it looked like. Scoring just 31 points. Murray beats them 46-31. Well, Murray's the second-ranked team on our, our poll this week. So that's a, that's a good loss. That's not a loss you hold against Marshall County. And then when you look at comparable teams, other teams that would have been in this, I would look at Carlisle and Tillman. And right now, the only head-to-head game they've had is with Carlisle, and they beat them. So I'm leaving Marshall County at number four. Let's take a look at their stats on the year so far with what we've got. As a team shooting 50% from the floor, they've been much better than we expected. 36% from three. Kind of a traditional Marshall County team. They grind you out, they play hard defense, they play hard nose, and they've got shooters on the court. Cole Mills leading them at 13 a game. Wade Moore at 12. Cole Sedlock at 12. Good drop off from there, but again, a lot of a lot of depth. 6.6 for Schroeder. Smith was nearly 7. Wall with nearly 5. Wallace with nearly 5. All right. Moving along. Wrapping it up. Coming in at number 5, Carlisle County. Now here's the thing. I'm going to hear it. You Tillman fans, I can hear you now. You're upset. What about us? We're out to a good start. You are. So is Carlisle County. Carlisle County seven and one right now, with their only loss being to Marshall County. Marshall beat them decisively. But guess what, Tillman fans? Your one loss of the season is to Carlisle County. Carlisle has already scored two wins over St. Mary. That's a pretty comparable team to them right now. They're pretty fairly even as far as where you expect them to be. They beat Tillman. I know. It took seventy from Hayden, but hey, 
<laughs> he still dropped 70. They beat Hickman County pretty decisively. And, you know, they've here's the thing. Outside of the Marshall game, which looking at it now, you would you kind of go, okay, Marshall maybe is the favorite in that matchup. They've won the games they're supposed to and won one game they weren't expected to, and that's Tillman. So they come in at number five. The only reason why I didn't put them at number four was because the team above them beat them. So you can't do that. But I would put Tillman on the bubble. They're right there. Tillman's out to a great start as well. They're four and one. But right now, those would be your top five. McCracken one, Murray two, Graves still at three, Marshall at four, and Carlisle at five. Let's look at Carlisle's stats on the year. As a team, 43% from the floor, 32% from three. Garrett Hayden's scoring average has come down a little bit. He's at 33 points per game. <laughs> Zach Grogan at 10 a game. Isaiah Keeling at 7.5. Evan Oliver at 5. Kind of thought Oliver would score a little bit more. and I think his scoring will go up as the season goes on. So that's your Power 5 on the boys' side. We'll talk girls' basketball and see how they fall when we come back. It's Region 1 Sports. High School Hoops on Region 1 Sports. That's one of my favorites, one of my favorite versions, too. That's a Christian band, Cutlass. Mary, did you know, right here on the Region 1 Sports Report as we have our final segment and take a look at the Girls Power 5 before we close up shop on our final new episode of the 2021 calendar year. I know, it's weird to say. In case I forget, do hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas and a very, very safe holiday season uh, and New Year, and we can all be good, behave, be safe, and uh, be back here on that first Monday back after the new year. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I was looking at, because before I get to the Power 5, going to Florida and leaving, I think the Graves boys are leaving at midnight Christmas night, which is going to be fantastic fun. But they're chartering a bus, so they'll all just sleep on the bus and get down there at like 10 a.m. You know, that's nice. Get down to Florida at 10 a.m. on the day after Christmas. I will not be. At about 10 a.m., I'll probably be coming past uh, or be between Nashville and Atlanta on my way down. But I was looking at traveling on that day after Christmas, and I was worried because, you know, with Christmas falling on a Saturday this year, and a lot of people don't have to take off work on that Monday. They can travel. They can go wherever they need to go for Christmas on Saturday, stay, and then get up the day after and use that day as a travel day. So I'm... uh Getting a little nervous about how many people I may be encountering on the road on that Sunday. Hopefully, hopefully though, not many. Hopefully, they're going the other way. Hopefully, it's a lot of people coming back from down south, not going down south. But uh, I did see where a recent survey found that if you're traveling for Christmas, the earliest most people leave to go where they need to go is the 23rd. So you still got time. If you want to beat the traffic, you can leave today and get wherever you need to go. Uh, 53% of Americans say they plan to travel ahead of Christmas this year. Two-thirds will hit the road within two days. So December 23rd, 24th, and Christmas Day are the most popular day to travel. Well, I mean, especially if you're traveling locally. Like, you get up, you do like we do. You get up, you open presents. About noon, you got to be at one family for lunch. and About dinner, you go to the other family for dinner. That's sort of been our tradition. So there you go. 66% 66% of people are going somewhere will travel on those three days. So you got time if you want to beat the traffic. All right, girls, power five as we get into this for this final time this year. Not a lot's changed. It just hasn't. I think even though I think right now on the boys' side, I gave you our power five from there in case you forgot. McCracken, Murray, Graves, Marshall, Carlisle with Tillman on the bubble. I think right now, those teams are clearly the better teams in the region right now. And I think right now you're looking at three out of those five being serious contenders with Marshall really starting to, to emerge and play hard and start to give you the idea that they can compete in this thing as well. I don't quite know if Murray's got enough, even though Hayden 
you know, playing them in the regional tournament would scare me because of what Hayden can do. And Tillman is still need to see a little bit more out of them, just a little bit. But on the girls' side, it's clearly still a three-team race. Some people would argue you're starting to see a little separation between the, the three, and, and just, I think for the first month you are. But how many times have we seen one of these teams struggle in December, they hit the break, they come out in January, and they light the world on fire? We saw it with McCracken a couple of years ago. Remember they had that big senior group. A couple of girls got suspended coming out of their break, and they played really good basketball after that. It really got them together. I saw it a few years ago at Graves County with Coach Fisher, his only year at Graves County. They were struggling. It was not a good month of December at all. And you just felt the wheels coming off. They go into their break, and they had a a pretty decent little showing at a little holiday, holiday tournament they were at, and it just ignited. It's like they figured it out. And they came out and just rolled in the region the rest of that year. Saw it with Marshall. How about a few years ago when Aaron Betts took over as interim coach? They came out of that. He tweaked some things. Boom, they start rolling. So I think if you're going to say anything, you're going to say, well, I think all three are still competitors in this. Wouldn't be surprised if any of the three won it. But right now in the month of December, there is just a little separation. But they're still out in front of most every other team. So who are they? What order? Well, number one, McCracken County. They're back at number one. They have been for a while. No reason to change that. Ranked in the top 20 in the state. They're 8-1. and one. And for me, they, the win over Franklin County, who was 12th in the state, pretty much sealed the deal. They've got a win over Henderson County, who's always good, always tough. And Franklin County, those are two great wins. They're scoring like crazy. They're starting to develop their bench a little bit more, and I hope starting to see a little bit more of those kids come in who can play, and they can. Hayden Green can play. She could play for anybody else. Alyssa Holdman can play. I saw her at Ballard a few years ago. She's good. Those two are sitting on your bench. You're good. McCracken County right now shooting 46% from the floor. Still a little underwhelming from three as they're at 27%. I think that's going to get better, though. they got too many good shooters. Destiny Thomas at 20 a game. Claire Johnson at 12. Buchanan at uh, nearly eight. Civils at seven. Day at, at uh, nearly seven. Been a little surprised. I think I think Carolyn Civils, I think she could score better than that. I think with Thomas being back, they sort of play a little bit of the same position in a way. And, you know, Destiny's such a a force of nature and such a, you know, dominant scorer at different points in the court, you know, and that's where a lot of the scoring is going to come from. But I go back to this. I think Claire Johnson is as good as any guard in this region, no doubt. One of the top two guards in this region. And she can score. And if Thomas wasn't on this team, I think Claire Johnson would be getting a lot more points as well. But I think they're better. I think they're better. When Johnson is in that set-you-up facilitator role, Destiny's scoring, Civils is scoring, Buchanan's scoring. So we'll see how that plays out as the season goes on. But right now, McCracken County sitting at number one. Listen, I think Claire Johnson will be at 12 a game all season long. My point is, I still think their ceiling has not been reached yet because I think Buchanan is a double-digit scorer, too. She's not there yet. I think Civils is a double-digit scorer, too. I think they can get four and double figures as the season goes on. And I think that's their ceiling, and I, I don't think they're there yet, which is what's scary. I think you can. I think you can have Destiny at 19 a game, Johnson at 12, Buchanan 10 to 12, and Civils 10 to 12. I think they got that kind of potential. All right. So they're number one. Number two, Marshall County. Marshall County's 5-0. and can make the argument they're still maybe the team to beat. Maybe they are. 5-0. and They beat Graves pretty handily and did it without Waller. Beat Murray pretty good. They struggled with them a little bit. Again, shaking off the cobwebs. They beat a Benton, Illinois team the day after the storms, 43-23. And they're kind of like McCracken. I don't think we've seen their best yet. I mean, we haven't even seen them play with Skylar Waller yet, so I know we haven't seen their best. But some other players have stepped up 
and they needed to, and that was a question mark for them. We knew their top three would be really good, but what about four, five, six, seven? Well, Mia Teague is at eight and a half a game, their third leading scorer, and Chevelle Henson has been a force down low at eight points a game. She's really played off of uh, Lange well, and you kind of forget about her, and she makes you pay. Lange, of course, leads them in scoring at 17 a game. Jada Driver now at 14 a game. Lady Marshall shooting 41% from the floor and 38% from three. Still want to see them with Waller, see how that dynamic shifts, because it will, but it's only going to make them better. And they're already at 5-0 and and getting some contributions out of some other kids that they needed and with a signature win over Graves County. Coming at number three, Graves County. Mainly, basically, at three because, well, they lost to Marshall County. The Webster County loss didn't help, but it's, again, kind of like with the boys, I'm not necessarily going to hold that against them considering the lack of practice and the week that they were coming off of. But they are now setting with a two-loss record, setting at 6-2. and two. That win over Bradford last night was a good win. Bradford, they played in our region. This wouldn't be a three-team race. They'd be that fourth team in this thing. They would be up there competing and making some noise in this region as well and disrupting things for those top three teams. It's a quality win for Graves County on the road last night. Lady Eagles so far this season... With the stats we have, shooting 43% from the floor, 39% from three, they can all shoot it. That's the thing. That's what makes them dangerous. You know, Marshall's dangerous when they get Waller back because she can drive and score, but Lange is just an unguardable player in this region. She's too athletic, too big for most teams to handle. McCracken with Thomas, she you know changes that team because she's in that same boat as Lange, although she's a little bit more of a perimeter player. She can still take you down low. She's still athletic and do do some things that make it hard to guard. But with Graves County, they put five players on the court almost at all times, with the exception of a couple of bigs that come off the bench. They usually have five players that can all knock down shots, and at 39% so far as a team from three, that's not going to drop very much as the season goes on. 13 a game for Neely Jackson, 10 a game for Morgan Alexander, who comes off the bench. And a Whitaker at seven a game, but I think Whitaker, she's scored in bunches the last two games. She's been in double figures their last two, uh, well, two of their last three games. She's figuring it out. She's sort of getting comfortable as a senior, and I think she's going to be a second or leading scorer, third leading scorer on this team, but in double figures as the season goes on. Conley Span at six a game, Harris at five a game, four a game for Glisson, four a game for Wodelski. Actually, they're both at five a game. Very balanced, very deep. They all shoot the ball. Graves County at number three. Number four, this one's tough. This is where you basically had to go look at who's got the better record so far because they all start to bunch up a little bit, a little bit. But right now, right now coming at number four, you got to go with Carlisle County, and I'll explain why. Carlisle County is at seven and three. By the way, my number five team on the list, Christian Fellowship. I know, right? But Carlisle County edges CFS because they're 2-0 and against CFS head-to-head. That's it. That's the difference. Carlisle County's had some good wins. They beat Tillman. They beat CFS twice. They beat Hickman County handily. I mean, that was, lo- that was as lopsided as that is ever going to be, holding Hickman County to less than 20 points. They lost to Vianna pretty big. Vianna's good. Vianna's really good. I'm not, you know, that maybe could have been a closer game, but Vianna's a really good team. They lost to Massac County. But their seven wins, two over CFS, separate them and put them at number four. On the season, Lady Comets shooting the ball at 35% and 26% from three. Kiara Whitaker, one of the best players in the region, keeping just put the name in your brain. She's one of the best players in the region. Don't forget her. 18.3 points per game. Madison Wright at 10 a game. Tyler is at 9 a game. Got a nice little trio going there at Carlisle County. So they come in at 4. CFS, as I talked about at the top of the show, comes in at number 5. Again, they've got just two losses on the year, sending at 7-2, but those two against Carlisle County. And I told you some of their stats earlier. 
41% from the floor, just 18% from three. Just 10 made threes in nearly 10 games. That's got to go up, though, if they want to get competitive and want to get over the hump with the Carlisle County. 24 game for Howard Burnett with 16.8. Jackson and Warren each with seven a game. Depth a little bit of an issue, but again, you got a 24-point-per-game score in Howard. That that at least gets you to 25 points a game, right? Like you're, you know, she goes and has her game. We're getting to 25. Burnett gets you to 40, and from there, it's just a matter of can we get to 50? Can we get a couple of players to get us over that 50-point hump? And in girls basketball, that usually gets you some wins. Well, that's our power five of the girls' side. McCracken one, Marshall two, Graves three. But again, they're all in a, a tier of their own. Carlisle and CFS coming in four and five. All right. That's it. Done for the year. Again, I hope you have a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope you continue to pray and look for ways to help out those affected by the tornado and can help them find a very Merry Christmas this year. I hope we remember what it's all about, have the right perspective, enjoy our time with our families, and just enjoy ourselves this holiday season. Wherever you're going to be with your teams, I hope you have safe travels. And I wish you all nothing but the best as we round out this 2021 year. Be safe over New Year's. Have fun next week. And we'll meet again first episode back of 2022, which is amazing. It's 2022. We'll be... January the 3rd. Until then, Merry Christmas, and I hope you've enjoyed. This has been Region 1 Sports. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.